welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. I want you to uh, just hold in Genesis chapter 2, but the first, the first thing that I want to talk to you today about, about a key to growing in faith We must be a people that are growing in faith. We must be a people that are growing continually in our relationship with God. In fact, it would be my prayer and my hope that the reason why you come on a Sunday morning to be a part of church community is because you have a desire to grow. Now, we this is not church. You and I gathered together are the church and we are here for a purpose in mind. We as the ecclesia, the called out ones are not here with, this is not the church. We've been pulling down that uh, kind of religious stronghold for a long time. This building is not the church. You and I, people are the church. But something is powerful. There's something powerful that happens when we gather together and when we gather together in in alignment and unity. Matthew chapter five, Jesus is preaching and He is telling people what the kingdom of God is about. And He's talking everything kingdom. In fact, He says in Matthew chapter five, you've heard the story, It's it's the Beatitudes. And really, if you just break those two words up, it's the attitudes to be. It's the thing that you're meant to live your life. It's kingdom characteristics. It's how a person in the kingdom is meant to live their life. And one of the things that Jesus says, is He says this in verse number, verse number something, verse number six. He said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst. So he was saying that one of the qualities and one of the characteristics of being a kingdom person is that there is gonna be a hunger and a thirst inside of you. How many of you give me a wave if you've ever been on a fast before? Just give me a quick wave. Doesn't matter what you're fasting from, one of the things that you become aware of in a fast is the thing, the hunger that you have for the thing that you're fasting from. If you're hungering from food, you become acutely aware of the hunger that you are feeling in the physical. And there is a parallel, I believe, in the in the in prayer and fasting that when we do fast and that thing is dying and our awareness of that is diminishing, that an awareness of the Spirit is growing. And so God is saying through Jesus, through this 
how to be in the kingdom is he's saying, one of the qualities that I want you to look for in your life, one of the questions that I want you to be consistently asking yourself and measuring yourself up against is do you have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness? Can we just preach for a moment? I don't wanna hold back this morning. Do I have your permission just to tell me how it is? The spirit of religion or religion or Sunday attendance when it's Sunday attendance without a heart engaged in it. Religion exists in the realm of man. And religion is addictive. Religion is the thing that makes us think we're being spiritual and doing spiritual things because we're going through the motions of those religious things. And we think those religious things are gonna produce a fruit or an outcome for God. And we should be able to ascertain by now if we were to do an audit on the church over the last 30 years. This is a big generalization here, so I hear my heart on this. I'm trying to shift something in this room, not everywhere else, so please hear my heart. But if we were to do an audit on the actual fruit of the church, the amount we've been praying for this, we've been praying for revival, we've been building the space of religion through mechanisms that we have control of. But still, 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 we don't, We've been, I've been praying for revival literally for as long as I can remember the church has been believing for revival. Now I'm an advocate for revival. I'm not necessarily an advocate for what the church think revival is. Because the church believe that revival at times, generalisation again, is just a good service in here. Have we not learned that just a good service is not actually bringing the kingdom change that the world need. And so often because we get swept up without even realising it in religion, in program, in doing, we, our hearts are disconnected from what we're doing. We're ticking boxes without even realising it. Tick, I was, at, I was at church this Sunday. But the real thing that we need to be asking ourselves on a regular basis is simply this. What is my hunger and my thirst like? As a follower of Jesus, come on, write this down somewhere so you don't forget it this week. Set a reminder in your phone. Hey Siri, remind me on Monday morning. I hope all your series are going off right now. Hey Siri, remind me on Monday morning to ask myself how hungry for God I am. Because it doesn't matter about your hunger in here, that's irrelevant. In fact, this room is just a rep corporate representation of the spiritual climate of many people's lives gathered together. And so you won't have a church in revival if you don't have a people that are in revival. You won't have a church seeing miracle signs and wonders in this room if you don't have someone that's just got the radical bold faith to lay hands on someone in their workplace or their school or their university. It just doesn't work like that. God knows what fake faith is. And that fake faith is called religion. You still there? You're loving me? 
And so we want to continue to grow. And so one of the things before we can start growing, I believe that we've got to ask is what is my appetite like? What is my hunger like? They that hunger for righteousness, that word righteousness is, is, is a, a pretty simple word. It just means right standing with God in the Greek. So they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, righteousness for right standing, we know, maybe you don't, but the truth is, is that when we receive Jesus, we believe that we, I believe that we are a trichotomy, body, soul, spirit. God gives equal weight to each one of those areas. Not one of those areas is better than the other. That's why God formed us and made us in the way that He is. But when we get saved and we receive the finished work of Jesus, I believe that our spirit is sanctified and that we are made right before God. That's why the Apostle Paul could say that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, even though body, soul is still here. Our spirit has been perfected through the finished work of Jesus, through the grace of God, amen? But there's still parts that are being saved. There's still a journey that we are walking out to be saved. That's why when you come to an altar call and someone puts their greasy hand on your head and prays for your shoulder or pours anointing oil on your head or whatever it is and you're thinking the acne or as I would be thinking, my fringe. <laughs> whatever it might be, the truth is, is often we walk away and the area of our soul and our body can remain the same. Can I break the internet for a moment in this Pentecostal church? Not everyone that gets prayed for to be healed is gonna be healed. Not everyone that we pray for to get healing is gonna get healed. And it's not because they don't have faith or you didn't have faith. It's because God has a different plan. And it takes wisdom and revelation to understand the depth of that statement. Because all the hyperpenties are thinking, God's plan is for everyone to be healed. Tell that to Elijah. Or was it Elisha? Tell that to Elisha, who died of sickness. The double miracle man. Let your theology wrestle with that one. I need to get to my points, don't I? I'm trying to help us to see, I'm just talking today and I'm having fun doing it. I'm trying to help us to see that one of the first foundational things that you and I need to ask about and we need to wrestle with is what are my hunger levels like? What are my hunger levels like? Do I have a hunger for the presence of Jesus? Do I have a hunger for His Word? Do I have a hunger? One of the things that we must hunger for, and this is my first point today, and I wanna, I wanna just give you a simple word. I want you to write down the word light. I want you to write down the word light, and then we're gonna finish talking about something that's in my heart. Light, light. One of the keys like this L-I-G-H-T. One of the keys for us to grow is light. Now light biblically is a metaphor for revelation or another way of saying it is spiritual knowledge. Spiritual knowledge. 
Hosea, I apologise, the the, um, they're not up on the screen today. That's my bad. But Hosea 4.6 says, My people, write that down, Hosea 4.6, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What did it say? Did it say sinners are destroyed for a lack of knowledge? It said, my people. God is saying through the prophet Hosea, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And it's true, like what sort of knowledge? Academic knowledge? No. You can know all the Scriptures in the world, but you need to have spiritual knowledge. Quickly turn to Ephesians. No, we won't turn there for the sake of time. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, The Apostle Paul prays a prayer over the church of Ephesus as he's introducing his letter. And he says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I pray, what he's praying is he's he's saying, I pray, my prayer is that you as a church would have a spiritual knowledge, that you would have a revelation. Because without the spiritual knowledge or the revelation, your life as as a believer, the Bible's telling us in Hosea that perishing is at the end if you don't live with spiritual knowledge. This is a huge key to us continuing to grow in faith. And the reason why it's a key is because we are bombarded in this world. And we live in this world, obviously. And the Bible teaches us that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so how do we as followers of Jesus live in the world, but not of the world? Well, if we're to live in the world and not of the world, then we've got to be of a different place. And so our spiritual knowledge, our revelation, how we live our lives, the place that we get our truth from must come from a different place. Why do you think Jesus spent so much time talking about the kingdom? In fact, the 50 days between his resurrection and him ascending on the day, ascending, the Bible teaches us at the first part of Acts that he spent that whole time teaching about the kingdom of God. What was he doing? He was expanding their spiritual knowledge. He was, why was he expanding their spiritual knowledge? Because you and I have been brought up in a world to live a certain way, and that way, generally speaking, is the way of the world. Now hear my heart in this, this is where it needs discernment, because I'm not saying that everything in the world is evil. And that's where our discerning and our relationship with the Holy Spirit needs to come into gear because we need the Holy Spirit to help us to discern like, great, this is good, but Lord, Lord, what are you, what are you saying? And so can I put a challenge out there for us today for us to have a hunger for more, to un- for our understanding to be enlightened about who He is. Listen, you don't need to know more about church. You don't need to know more about small groups. 
You don't need to know more about what the latest fashion is to wear. You don't need to know about what the next viral video is. Come on, young people, help me this morning. You don't need to know about any of that sort of stuff. You don't need to know the opinions of man. They won't help you. What you need is revelation. What you need is to to have the Holy Spirit impart truth into your spirit so that when the going gets tough, you can live out by revelation and not by what everyone else is doing. Someone say, Amen. I want this is so important because we have a church, not we, other churches, I'm sure, that if we're honest, we live more like the world than we do like Jesus. I had the keyboard up here because I wanted to make some of these statements a bit more soft. <laughs> what good is being here in this room? We just go for the, if you're visiting, I'm sorry, this is just what we're like. But I just want you to know, too much time wasting with religion, it has no power. What happens is is when a life, a soul dedicates their life to pressing into Jesus and saying, God, use me. So one of the areas that I want you to continue to grow in is this area of light, of revelation, of understanding. Can we make this a little bit practical? Is this all right? You good? So I want you, this is your homework for this week. I want you to just go home. And I want you to just open your Bible. And I want you to read the Bible. I want you to, maybe instead of going on Netflix, I want you to find a reputable preacher that you've heard online. And I want you to feed on the teaching of the Word. I dare some of you not just young people, it's all of us. For one week, get off social media and use that time. Use that time. Whenever you reach for your phone, which is like every 10 seconds. (laughs) And hunger for Him. And pray. And consecrate yourself. And ask Him to pour out His Spirit upon you. Come on, young person, you're not too young to be involved in this. Go into your room, shut your door and turn on worship and begin to pray and ask the God of all heavens, the God of all creations to come and fill you and touch you and set you apart. People in your latter years, you think, well, it's done. It's time for the next. This is a generational thing God is doing. You're not done. God has a plan for you. God has put a voice and an experience inside of you. But you've got to be like what I'm saying to these young people. We've got to be a people that are crying out, hungering, saying, Jesus, would you move in my life? You prophesied in the book of Joel that the old would dream dreams. The young would have vision. So God, release that upon your church. Start in me. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power and set your heart away from the things of the world and put it and devote it to the things of God. There's going to be a detox process. It's going to take time. Can I give you one more last random thought and then we'll go? Is that all right? Do I have your permission? 
We've got to be growing in faith. So in order to grow in, in our spirituality, our walk with Jesus, we've got to be growing in knowledge of who He is. It's really simple, isn't it? Like today, I'm sorry, I'm not tying some Old Testament passage with a New Testament passage. I'm just saying, hey, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to have a hunger and you've got to have a hunger to know Him more. You've got to know Him more, knowledge, no, no, no. No, I want to know you more. All of our worship, I want to know you. I love you. I want to know you. I'm hungry for you. Hungry for what? I'm hungry for greater impartation of revelation. And what is the word revelation? The word revelation means to uncover. It's an unveiling of what is already there. So really we're not growing in our relationship with God. Really we're having a revelation of what God has already made available to us. Does that make sense? Like, so for example, with my kids, my kids, I'm not, my kids are not growing in a relationship with me. I, it changes as we change. God doesn't change, so I'm not saying I'm God. But my kids don't need to grow in a relationship with God. With <laughs> My kids do need to grow in a relationship with God. Write that down, kids, wherever you are. My kids don't need to grow in a relationship with me, right? In the sense of they're my kids. And so the atmosphere of relationship already exists. The love already exists. The availability already exists. The desire already exists. What they need is they need a revelation of God's love and availability to them. And as that knowledge unravels, we grow more like Him and we understand who He is. The last thing is this. I want you to write this, this one down. Growing, as we're growing our spirituality, I want you to write this down. This is a big one. It's going to sound boring at the start, but I'm going to preach to you. Is the word relationships. Relationships. One of the greatest challenges in church life, we're going to go to Genesis now. One of the greatest challenges in church life is that we have, as the organised church, tried so hard dedicated so much resource and staffing and money and time to trying to organise that which hunger creates organically. Relationship. Did you hear that? Alicia didn't like it. <laughs> Awkward. Anyway, we'll keep preaching. Talk about it over lunch. <laughs> Awkward. We have spent so much time and resource, even in our own church community in the, in the last couple of years, and we've had COVID and we've had all those sorts of things, where we've tried to organise that which should come naturally organic to those that have a hunger inside of them, relationship. And so do you know why we have, do you know why we have have a lot of churches have small groups because they're trying to facilitate for non-hungry people relationship. Because they do understand, we do understand that discipleship flows through people. In fact, sorry to break this down and break like, just let you know, but 99% of the time God moves in your life, He actually does it through other human beings. 
Don't quote me on the percentage, but you know what I'm saying. It's a high percentage. God, for whatever reason, has chosen the vehicle of mankind to minister to each other. Corinthians tells us that we are, and so does Romans, Paul goes, gets on a bandwagon about it, that we are a many-membered body. We now know science tells us that cells end up supplying energy and life and taking away the rubbish and doing all sorts of things cell to cell. Life happens through the body. Are you with me this morning? And so relationship is absolutely vital. Now, I'm not talking about us necessarily, but one of the things is if you don't, if you have a hunger for God, one of the ways you can determine whether you have a, a genuine hunger for God is look at your friendship circle. Look at those that you hang around with. Listen to the conversations that you're a part of. Are those conversations filled with language about Jesus? I'm just getting real today. Are they conversations in your home? If you're, you know, you know that you're going to be relying on. Oh, I don't know if I should say this. You know you're going to be relying on the mechanism of the youth ministry and the kids program in a church, right? To discipleship your children, you will heavily rely on that if you don't have a hunger and thirst in your own life. That's the truth. But when you have a hunger and thirst and when your children hear about your hunger and thirst through the conversations that you have or your family or friends accidentally, I just accidentally, it doesn't matter where it is. I was on a Zoom business call the other day and one guy said something to me. I said, praise God, Jesus is good. And then I was like, whoops. <laughs> the whoops was in my head. And I started sharing to this guy over Zoom that... that long story short, and he said, oh, that's really inspiring. I'm actually of another religion. I said, oh, are you really? And I was just like, thank you, Holy Ghost. Let's go. But the truth is, is it just flows out of you. Relationship, God uses the vehicle of relationship to grow us. Can we just have one little lesson? Let's do it. I'm not asking for permission. I already have. Genesis chapter two. I wanna show you that you were created with the desire inside of you for relationship. It was interwoven inside of you. And I'm saying this because one of the greatest deceptions that you can live with in your life is that you don't need to be in community. One of the greatest, I can just do this on my own. I don't need this. And listen, you are gonna exist within broken community. The community is not gonna be perfect and it is certainly not gonna be the community that you maybe, especially this one, that maybe that you thought you were going to. And you might be thinking, I need to go to another community because it's something else. And that's all good. Like we bless you to do that. There's a lot of wonderful churches in this city. We really do bless you to do that. But the truth, there's another side to that story, is why you're here. So you can live from the perspective of, I'm gonna go somewhere else to get something, or you can live from the, and that's cool. Honestly, it's cool. This isn't a lecture around people leaving because I'm hearing whispers, not at all, at all, zero. This is a conversation to mature believers to go, or you can be a part of a community that you recognise is not perfect, it's not where you want it to be, it's not in the place that you feel is in your spirit and your heart for what community should be like, and you can be in that place where you can go, you know what, God's put me here to make a difference. I'm not here just to be 
counted among, I'm here with a purpose and God wants to use me. Genesis chapter two, verses one. Let's go right back to the start. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them, everyone say host of them, were finished. Creation in its entirety is finished and all the host of them. God is talking not just about, um, God is talking about all the hosts, all the, all the angels, everything, it's done, it's done. And on the seventh day, God ended His work, which, we, which He had done. And He rested on the seventh day from all His work, which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, He rested from all His work, which God created and made. Verse number four, listen to this. This is the, what does your Bible say? History. Anyone got another word? This is the account. Anyone got another word? Creations. Anyone got another word? Generations. This is the generations. A lot of the Bibles, my Bible, if I look closely, it's got a little number one next to that word history. That means the people that have interpreted the text have said, we think it's saying this, but really the literal translation, and then you go down to the bottom, or sometimes it's in the middle of your Bibles, and you read down and it says, it's the Hebrew word toledoth, literally generations. And what's happened over time is people have then gone, well, that word doesn't really make sense because we're trying to understand it in a more practical, less complicated way. And so they change it and they say, this is the history. But the true actual translation is this is the generations. In this moment, this is the generations of the heavens and the earth. So heavens, we think of angels, earth, we think of mankind. This is the history of the generations. Stay with me. When they, everyone say they, not when He, when they were created in the day that the Lord made the heavens and the earth. Skip down to verse number seven for the sake of time. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. I wanna suggest to you today that in the creation of Adam, all of mankind was created in that moment. That's why when we think about it, we're going to scary internet kind of videos right now. But that's why when God created Eve, He didn't create Eve out of like, like He created Adam. He created Eve out of Adam. Why? Because all of the generations of the history of the world were wrapped up in this man, Adam, were wrapped up inside of him. He were, when he was created, all of mankind was inside of him. The Bible says that we were made in Genesis chapter one, verses 26, in the image and the likeness of God. We know that God is the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. God is a communal God. He is a God that has forever existed in relationship. 
And so when Adam was created in the image of God, inside of him was this desire being created in the image of God to be in relationship. The Bible tells us that God senses the desires of this man, Adam, and says, I need to make a helper for him. Remember that? Says, I need to make a helper for him. So where does where does he where does he pull the helper from? Out of Adam. Out of Adam. And so I'm trying to help you to see that when you were created, you were formed with an innate desire inside of you. It's a God thing that you need to be in community and that God's got helpers like Adam for Eve for your life. Friend, do not be deceived. The Bible says in James chapter one, it says, but be doers of the Word. How do you know you're deceived? You know you're deceived when you know the Word, but you don't live it. That leads us to Hebrews chapter 12, for us not to forsake the gathering of the brethren. The most dangerous place you can be is when you decide on theology and you decide on what God's saying all by yourself. We must approach truth with humility. I've said this many times before, but any message, if you feel it's out of whack, you have full access to come and say, help me understand this. That sounded like heresy. I didn't quite understand that. Because I, as the pastor of this church, do not have a monopoly on truth. (laughs) And you know what? Praise God for that because you hear God in ways that I don't hear. You read Genesis chapter two and God shows you something else and together as a many-membered body, we continue to grow together. And this is why, if you're gonna be someone that continues to grow in relationship, in grow in God, you've got to be committed to godly relationships. Did you hear that? Thank you, a clap. You've got to be committed. It's like we're warming up for the cricket. (laughs) You've got to be committed. You think it just happens. Uh Uh-uh. I just hope. Like our kind of small groups in this church are not designed for a relationship to just happen. That's just the truth. It's not, you know, like we, people are always um, providing feedback. It was so accepting and loving and welcoming and this and that and that. We're warm, we're, hearts are open, 100%. Homes are open. All those sorts of things. But it requires effort to be in the kind of relationships like Jonathan and David, like Elijah and Elisha. It takes you giving permission to people. Amen. Come on, stand to our feet. We're gonna pray, we're gonna close. I just wanted to teach today. Just talking. You know, this isn't my normal style of preaching. But I just believe the Lord wants you to continue to grow in those areas. So come on, would you just right now, just lift your hands before the Lord 
and just say, Father, I hunger for your presence right now. Even if you don't, even if your mind's a million other places, would you just right now, just begin to say, Jesus, I hunger and I thirst for you right now. And if you don't, say, God, forgive me. I've had a, I've had a hard heart towards you. Give me, I've had a heart of stone. Give me a heart of flesh. Give me a heart that's soft again. Lord, the wineskin of my heart has been hard. Soften it today in the Name of Jesus. Let the oil of Your anointing come and wash over my heart again. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, I pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to remind you of the visions and the dreams that you've had even in your youth. I pray that the Holy Spirit right now would just begin to ignite something inside of you that revelation, a spirit of wisdom and revelation would be unlocked over your life, over this church in Jesus' mighty Name. I pray right now, Father, that the hunger, the hunger for Your presence would increase like never before. Father, not just the hunger in this room, but Father, the hunger and the desire for Your presence when we wake in the morning, Father. The desire to have Your presence in our workplaces and in our children, Father. The desire to have Your presence, Father, in everywhere that we go. I ask in the Name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we bless the Name of the Lord. We bless the Name of Jesus. We bless the Name of the Lord. We bless the Name of the Lord. Thank You, Jesus, that You've called us to be priests and kings in this time, Lord. We thank You, Lord, right now. Father, for parents right now, I ask that You'd give them strategies to, to disciple their children, Jesus. I pray that homes would become a place of the presence of God. I pray that homes would become a place of the presence of God. I pray they'd come a place of the Word of God. I pray, Father, over dining tables, Father, people would begin to prophesy, Lord, that Your glory would fall in that moment, Father, in the Name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that bedrooms right now and even those places that we use for entertainment, I pray in the Name of Jesus that there would be places of Your presence, Father. We pull down the altars of entertainment and we lift up the Name of Jesus. We pull down the altars of entertainment. We don't want to live by human knowledge. We want to live by spiritual knowledge. We want to live by revelation, Jesus. So right now, Holy Spirit, Right now, Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts. We open up our hearts to receive from You. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Come on, He's doing a new thing. Just two minutes. I'm going to close in two minutes. We're late, but I'm going to close in two minutes. But come on, just before anyone leaves, would you just begin to pray? Thank you, Lord. Come on, would you open your mouth and pray this morning? Wonderful, Lord. Oh, you're unlocking something today. I sense it in my heart. Hey, Jesus, we bless your name. King of the atmosphere right now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless the mighty name of the Lord. We bless the name of Jesus. We bless the name of Jesus. We bless the name of Jesus. Father, right now, over marriages right now, I declare favour. 
I declare blessing over marriages right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, shine your light, Father. Shine your light. Shine your light. Shine your light, Jesus. We expose every work of the enemy right now in marriages right now and relationships. Lord, I pray, Father, right now, deliverance from deception in the name of Jesus. Deliverance from deception right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Wonderful, Lord. Wonderful, Lord. Bless the mighty Name of Jesus. We bless You today in Your coming. We bless You in Your going. We bless Your children and Your children's children. To a thousand generations, we declare a blessing. As the priests of God, we declare a blessing over You in the Name of Jesus. We declare safety over you and your family right now in the name of Jesus. We declare no sickness or disease, pestilence or arrow by night shall even come near you. You are overshadowed. You abide in the shelter. You abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We bless you to know today that the Holy Spirit is with you wherever you go. We bless you to know today that no weapon formed against you will prosper. We bless you to know today. We bless you to know today that you are healed in Jesus' name. We bless you to know today that no nothing can separate you from the love of God. Thank you. Um, I just uh, feel for just our Spanish-speaking uh, community that the Lord just wants to put such a, a fire and He's going to ignite a fire. And so, Lewis, can you come uh, and can you uh, just pray, pray in Spanish as the as the Lord leads? Yeah, yes, heavenly in Spanish. Sorry. Te damos las gracias, Padre. Te pedimos, Señor, que toques nuestros corazones, Señor. We love you. Te amamos, te adoramos, Señor. Tú que estás sentado, Señor, a la derecha del Padre, toca nuestros corazones, Señor. Ignite us, ignite our hearts, Lord, so we can hunger more for You, Lord. Eso es lo que deseamos, Señor. That's what we desire from You. That's what we desire, Lord. Um, we, queremos tener más encuentros supernaturales contigo, Señor. Toca nuestros corazones y queremos estar siempre cerca a ti Padre we want to be closer to you more than ever before Lord touch us Lord touch us Father that's what we want Lord we want more of you Father we don't want to live without you Lord te queremos Padre we love you Father in Jesus name Amen so Lord we just lift up the nations before you this morning and I just thank you Lord for those that um, have come from different nations that you've brought here for a time, for a purpose. And I thank you that your purpose is under heaven. And so I just thank you right now. And I prophesy, I prophesy, I prophesy such a unity in this community as different unique expressions, at different, different voices, at different nations come and stand in unity. And I thank you for that Spanish speaking community. I thank you for the South Americans. I thank you uh, for the, our Latino community. Thank you that they're going to birth something of hunger. They're going to birth something of fire. They're going to teach us even in terms of how to commune together. 
you that in Jesus' name, that in Jesus' name that we are one. We are one. So we come together with one voice. We come together with one tongue that the name of Jesus would be lifted high. Teach us, teach us, teach us, teach us how to be a body. Teach us how to be unified as one despite our differences, despite our background. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Awesome. Well, we're going to dismiss the service. Thank you so much for coming. Coffee's happening. Um, the altar's going to be open for a few minutes longer. Apologies for, sorry, not sorry for going over time. Every week, isn't it? Um, praise God, but we want to hunger for Him. Amen. And so the altar's open if you want prayer. Um, if you're doing the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, it's going to be happening in the classroom down near where kids is at 12.30. Grab lunch and come anytime because people are going to be there. Coffee's on, giving's out in the foyer if you choose to do that. Bless you and thank you for that. Register for everything. If you want to pray, if you need to go get your kids, do that. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome.